Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we will be talking with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Andy Marquette. Hello, Andy. Hello, Anita. I don't know if I'm anybody's fave, but thanks. <laughs> hey, I'm sure you are. So, how are you? Um, I am actually, all things considered, doing pretty okay. I am um, I'm under COVID teen, if you will, with some family members, and we've been social distancing now for, gosh, when did it start? Mid March. Yeah, I would say somewhere like, in there around March thirteenth ish. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I'm really freaking fortunate because uh, my day job is still going strong and they closed all the offices and we're all basically working remotely. And I just feel so fortunate that I still have a job and I am able to work and I'm able to help my, my family members. So I, I got pretty, <laughs> if lucky's the right word, I mean, I feel like all things considered, it could be a lot worse. And so I just feel pretty grateful, even though um, I have to be really careful because some of my family members are older with some underlying health issues so I have to be super careful if I need to go run errands and that kind of thing. And I have a whole protocol <laughs> that I do, that I use. Yeah. To um, like clean things down and. Oh yeah. I strip down outside my house and like shower before I go into the main house. You know, it's a whole thing. Um, I have learned new skills. I just cut my own hair a couple days ago. Wow. <laughs> And my folks were so pleased and surprised that I am now going to be cutting their hair. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, <laughs> so new skills, man. You know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? That's, as they say. Yes, exactly. Oh yeah, um, I know. I've um, so yeah. Go ahead. So how are you, Anita? How are how are you doing during this this time? Good. You know, my my life's not changed a whole heck of a lot. I. Um, you know, worked from home a couple of days a week, and now I work from home all the time. Um, my my wife is able to; uh, she's uh, in a private practice, so she's a able to nice. uh, do therapy from home. And uh, mm. yeah, you know, I. Uh, it's excellent. Don't get out and about, but hey. <laughs> right, I know people are. The weather's getting warmer, so a lot of folks are getting stir crazy. I get it. Yeah. But if if you're going to go out and enjoy the sun and go to the park or hiking or whatever, please take a mask with you and social distance. That's my that's my public service announcement. Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> I just came from actually just came from a birthday party. My nephew Jesse is 16 today, and uh, yeah, yeah. So we had a little little grilling and campfire for him for his birthday. So that was Aww. nice. Yeah. That's really nice. I'm so glad you got to do that. I my uh, I have a sibling, and my sibling's in another city in the same state, but we haven't seen her in person, God, since February. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah, that's hard. It is. We do a lot of we do a lot of uh, WhatsApp video calling, <laughs> which helps. Face which helps. Oh, okay. All righty. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so, we've been doing that. so it sounds like you live on a compound. I do. Do you really? <laughs> I totally do. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very long story. My family purchased some land a while back. It's right along the Arkansas River. 
and they promptly redid the main house and then refurbished one of the outbuildings into a guest house. And then they built another guest house. So I live in one of the guest houses now. And I feel pretty dang lucky because uh, my job is flexible enough that I was able to go remote in August and stay remote, you know, as they shut all the offices down. There's a bunch of us at my job who uh, were already remote when everything shut down. So I just, I just, I I work for a nonprofit and I just feel really freaking fortunate right now. I like every day I wake up and go to my home office to work. I just like count my blessings. I am so filled with gratitude. Yeah, I know so, there are people who are unable to work, and I just don't know how they're making it, you know? Yeah, I, and the thing is that we can't, like, go out and bring them things or whatever. So I look for organizations that I can donate some money to, local organizations that are helping local folks, and uh, larger organizations, like, uh, there's a fund now. There's bunches of funds for restaurant workers, so I've been trying to help them as I can. And, I mean... It's just, it's so hard for so many people and I just, I wish I had answers, but we can't really go out and do things really yet. And, um, I, I worry that we're going to get another wave of this crap in the fall and it's going to double up with flu and yeah. yeah, So I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) I know. I, I hope that the, the colleges are just really like really Mm -hmm. considering online uh schooling because oh god you know dorm (laughs) dorms are like they're like petri dishes on a good day for cooties (laughs) yeah yeah i can't imagine oh that would be the other thing though um is that um that i think about a lot is students who go to college and for example, marginalized kids or LGBTQ kids, and they can't go back to their families yes. because there's so many issues there. And so I've been trying to find out, like, you know, what programs are available for uh, for those kinds of students, you know, and how can we help them? And I've been, like, <clears throat> I just signed up recently at SAGE, S-A-G-E. Are you familiar with them? The um, elder care for LGBTQ oh, yeah. folks? yes. They're, they're old, they're old queers, you know, so (laughs) I signed up for one of their programs and I have to complete the, the vetting process, but you know, they're looking for like people to call shut-ins, older elderly shut-ins to just like talk for 15 minutes a week. And so I signed up for that and I have to complete my, my vetting process so that they can make sure I'm not some crazy person and, you know, good for them. (laughs) Making sure that I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so I'm trying to do things other than, um, I don't, you know, freak out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, because I know there are so many people who deal with anxiety and depression, and I know this has been really, really hard for them, and I check in with my friends who have to deal with that stuff. Uh, I deal with chronic depression, but I'm fortunate in that I've got help and resources to help manage it. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I try to, you know, we do a lot of projects. Like I, I give my relatives projects around the compound. Like, okay, today we're going to sweep off all the patios. We're going to hose them down. All right. <laughs> we're going to, okay, to, the, tomorrow we're going to 
do some shelves. We've been meaning to build some shelves. We're going to do that. You're like the ranch manager. I am totally the ranch manager. And it's like, I think it's really helped all of us to just get and and to do something with our hands to feel like we're actually doing something. Yeah. So I think that's been really helpful. And sometimes I give my relatives permission to take a drive, (laughs) (laughs) to leave, to leave the safety. And I'm like, you know, make sure you have your masks and some gloves and your hand wipes and, you know, just make sure if you're driving somewhere where there's a lot of people, put your windows up or put your masks on. It's yeah. either or. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I was reading uh, an article about how this is really uh, not such a tough time for introverts, that it's the True. friend who is more of an extrovert that you should really check in on because they're probably struggling True. a little bit more right now. Yeah, I know it is. That's true. a really good point. I will do that more because I've just been checking in on my on almost all my friends, and I have a lot of friends and work colleagues that I check in with a lot. And um, I just recently checked in with a couple of friends in other states, just like, "Hey, what's up?" Because I know they deal with depression and. Um, one guy was really glad I checked in on him. So I feel really good about that because he was able to, I kind of coaxed him into getting a new doctor to get some different meds to help him. And he was, he was really grateful that I checked in on him. So I feel good about that. Nice. So you're a good friend. So so folks check in, check in on like Anita says on the extroverts too, because they may be having trouble. Yeah. Yeah. How about it? (laughs) And that's true. Depending on where you're, you're bunkered up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Really, really. So yeah, um, these are interesting times. What's isn't that the, the old Chinese proverb? May you live in interesting times. Yes. Um, and I think uh, as I mean, COVID. Let's just let's just be real about this, friends. It's going to be with us forever. It's it crossed the Rubicon. It breached into the human population. So it is now going to be one of those diseases that circulates. Yep. And until we have a vaccine, we have to like be really careful with this. And eventually we'll have some kind of vaccine. I, it won't be this year. Um, there are trials. I, I just heard a study. There's trials going on right now that look promising. But in order to make sure that we get the best possible vaccine, we have to give those trials time. Yeah. So. I expect with, if we're lucky, we will have a vaccine by next fall, 2021. And in the meantime, we have to treat this like the folks back in 1918 treated the flu. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that's going to be with us and we have to take precautions until we have medicine or, you know, even, even medicine to help treat the treatment, the, the symptoms of COVID would be really good, really, really helpful. But the thing keeps changing and causing all kinds of weird ass symptoms all over the place so it's just like be really careful friends do do not take chances with this just don't i was just reading that uh people who who test positive and have no symptoms um they've discovered that they actually have damage internal damage yes covid yes it's the weirdest freaking disease it's like what the actual hell uh, and, and then that that's that syndrome that young that kids are know, developing as a result of this. Oh my gracious. That's scary. It's awful. It is. It's really scary. And that's why you know, people I know I know it's hard right now 
having to like take precautions and I understand those of you who have to work, I get it, but please be safe. I mean, you can get masks. Uh, there are folks that are making, I've got a bunch of these cool cloth masks with filter pockets. Here's a tip from one of the merchants in town and she said, put a coffee filter yeah. into that filter pocket and it gives you an extra layer of protection and you can just like bake your cloth masks at 160 degrees for 20 minutes to help sanitize. Huh. If you can't if you can't get to the laundry every mm -hmm. day after you've been out wearing it. Make sure you don't touch the outside of it if you're out and about. And as soon as you get home, just bake that thing for, you know, 20 minutes at 160. Good to know. Thank you. Look, I'm just learning all the tips, all know, the things. Right? <laughs> so, so, so so I'm glad to hear you're okay and you know for everybody out there I hope you're okay and um, there are a lot of resources fortunately that are popping up um, to help you and I hope that you're able to find the help that you need if you need some help so yes everybody just good luck out there and be safe take care of each other yeah good good uh, good message for everyone right mm -hmm. so so Andy I I take it that since you're um, working remotely that you're not able to get in more writing time um th well it doesn't really matter you know um i just came i just got remote work in august and it's a day job so i have regular hours i'm i'm like eight to four i don't take a lunch so i'm eight to four every day and then after that, I have to do a bunch of stuff, usually for um, my public my publishing company. So I do a bunch of stuff for that. Uh, during the COVID lockdown, and I've noticed a lot of other writers are experiencing this, they're not writing. For some, I mean, the stress, whatever, people are trying to escape. So they're watching a lot of content and, and reading other people's content rather than writing their own content. And I think that's okay. I think that is just fine. I have not been writing a whole lot because I've got uh, relatives that I need to think about and make sure that everybody's okay. Mm -hmm. Like you say, I'm the ranch manager, so that I have yeah. another job now. <laughs> I, I have a third job. <laughs> so this is what, what I do. And um, I, ha I haven't had the urge to write. And for me, that's okay. I mean, if my body's telling me, no, then it usually means no. So I don't force it because if I try to force my writing, then it doesn't work and I just get really frustrated. And so I had kind of an urge the other day. So I think I'm just going to be all right. And I think in the next week or two, I'm probably going to finish up um, the rewrite of Matter of Blood, my second in my sci-fi series and get that into the pipeline of our publishing house so we can get it out hopefully in the fall. Okay. And uh, yeah. So, so you um, talk about a publishing house. Can you tell us about mm -hmm. that? Dirt Road Books is the name of my publishing house. I and five of my colleagues launched it. And one of our colleagues uh, had some life stuff and other issues come up. So they stepped back, which is fine. So now there's just five total of us. We launched in 2017. And we have been publishing, we have a couple of outside authors. We have three outside authors, including Katie Williamson, Louisa Kelly, and Satcha Green. And then the rest of us, there's me, Jill McKnight, R.G. Emanuel, Joe Bell, Michelle Teichman. We all like work together and we put out our own stuff as well. 
So wow, that's very uh, cool. I had no idea. It's yeah, it's dirtroadbooks.com. I, I so, recognize all of the names. Um, some of them mm-hmm. I, I remember from being with other publishers, but I had no mm-hmm. ideas that you guys all, all ventured out. That's really cool. We did. We did. And um, we do, we're very small. We're small. And most of us, um, you know, we, we do our own, we do everything in house right now because RG Emanuel and I come from. Uh, long editing backgrounds, both of us combined. I think we have, we, we counted it up one day and it was really horrifying. Combined, we have like 54 years of editing experience. And I was like, oh God, are we that old? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and um, Jill McKnight is a fabulous developmental editor and she does uh, our eBooks, gets those formatted and ready for us. And RG worked for years in publishing in mainstream publishing as I did and RG does our typesetting for our print books and does a fabulous job and Joe Bell does our covers and a lot of our design work and Michelle's a really really good editor and proofreader and marketing person so we all kind of work together and make it make it work as best we can I know right now money's tight for a lot of folks so we try to we just did a giveaway for our latest release which is Joe Bell's novella cake it's a re-release, and we just I just gave away a bunch of copies at Women in Words. So we try to help out as we can. And folks, really, if you want to read any of our titles, but you're strapped for cash, just let me know, and I'll, I'll hook you up with an ebook. Not a problem. That is awesome. That is really great. That's really generous of you. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's so important to get that representation and to read affirming literature. So, yeah, just let me know. Very cool. Very cool. Nice offer. So, um, what are you, are you currently working on anything right now or? Um... Mm-hmm. I'm always working on something. I, I have no trouble <laughs> believing that, really. <laughs> and, so... Here's the thing. Um, a day job is hard to, to balance with, with a writing life. But the reality is that like 90% of writers have day jobs, friends, because this country is stupid. And that's the only way usually you can get access to health insurance and health care and a health plan. So I have a day job. And the reason I have that day job is to, you know, do the retirement thing and to have access to healthcare. And as I age, y'all, I appreciate that healthcare. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if I was 25, I'd be like, ah, healthcare. Ah. And right. I'd be like, I'd be writing, you know, 24 seven, but you know, you that's tend- not how my life worked out. <laughs> yeah. And you tend to take more risk at 25 too, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, and I did. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I did, yep. but now I'm like, Oh boy, that was stupid. <laughs> like in hindsight, it's always 2020. Yeah. Isn't so it? <laughs> I like, and, and launching the publishing house, which is I've worked, I worked in publishing for years. And so I, I love publishing. Um, I wanted to have like my own publishing thing. So launching that was awesome because it's a dream of mine, but it's also time consuming. And I knew that was, that this was going to be the case. So I made a choice to focus for a while on that and to write as I could. And, um, I have not stopped writing. I am trying to get my backlist back in print. I have my sci-fi series. I'm trying to get back in print. 
my mystery series I'm trying to get back in print. And I've got a new paranormal series that I'm, I'm working on. I wrote the first installment. It needs a lot of work because it was for um, National Novel Writing Month last November. Okay. Yeah. So I, I hammered out a book and I just need to clean it up and, and give it to one of our editors. That's, that's, that's a fun series. That's going to be like a trilogy, I think. I've cited three books is enough. <laughs> for yeah. that yeah that's <laughs> so, so that one is it's a little bit different than my usual um in that the main character is kind of an asshole excuse me it's okay <laughs> but you kind of she grows on you she grows on you after a minute and and she has to like figure some things out she has to like let go of some baggage you know so she's a likable she's, asshole yeah she's like a it's kind of like my Bureau of Holiday Affairs. I did a two books for Ilva that are rewrites of classic tales. One is the Bureau of Holiday Affairs, which is a rewrite of um, Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol. Oh. And the main character in that, like Scrooge, is such a jerk. Oh, my God. I, you just like, she's so horrible, but, but she has reasons for being horrible. Okay. And we find that out about Ebenezer Scrooge as well, that he had some reasons for being horrible, mm -hmm. the original Scrooge. And so the main character in Bureau has to kind of like come to the realization that if she doesn't stop being a jerk, there, there will be greater consequences. And that is like, that book I think is one of the favorite books that I've ever written because it was so much fun rewriting A Christmas Carol as a big gay Christmas Carol set in contemporary corporate America. Okay, that does sound so. It's like sort fun. of a so it's sort of a mashup of um, the original Christmas Carol, but also the movie Scrooged because I, you know, I wanted the main character Robin in Bureau of Holiday Affairs to be a corporate shark kind of person because that's always the kind of person who you hate, right? You just love to hate those people, but she has like these these reckoning moments through her through her three ghosts or rather agents of the Bureau of Holiday Affairs. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the paranormal thing that I'm working on now, it's, it's an urban fantasy. It's set in contemporary America. It involves some witches, which is kind of a new thing for me. I haven't ever written witches. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Um, and I'm rewriting, of course, refurbishing my sci-fi series and by rewriting, I mean, I'm going to put them out as second editions, but they, they will be, have extensive, they'll have new scenes, they'll have scenes taken out and they'll just be better and, and tight, more tightly written than my originals. The originals were published a while ago and I've become a better writer since then. So, you know, go me, but it's also a lot of work. Okay. And the mystery series also needs to be, um, it needs a detail. You know, it's like you got to take it down to the shop, get it tuned up, and get a detailing. Okay. So, yeah. So I, I'll be looking at those later on this summer. Um, Jill McKnight has said she's going to help me out with those. So thank you, Jill. And we'll see how that goes. So that's those are like the paranormal stuff is the work in progress, and then there's this stuff that is you know all, it's already been, but I need to go back and fix it. And there are some, uh, there's a novella that I, kind of a, a longest short story that I published with Ilva uh, a couple years ago. And it's, it's a, this cool Ghostbusters kind of squad <laughs> short story. I want to turn that into a novella uh -huh. and into a series. It's kind of like 
fun Scooby-Doo kind of stuff. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it's it's super fun. And right now, I'm just really into super fun. And I don't want a lot of deep, dark, angst-ridden crap. And um, I actually, well, a couple months ago, three months ago, I did write some more fanfic. And I posted that. I write a lot of fanfic, which helps. There's no pressure there mm-hmm. because it's, you know, I'm not going to send it to an editor. I'm not going to have it like, like then typeset and turned into a print book, you know? So it's just me playing around in other people's worlds. And, and I find that really soothing. Is so that, I have been working on fanfic. Is yeah. that online? <laughs> your fanfic? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I work at archive of our own under my name, Andy Marquette. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think some of our listeners would probably like to check that out. Um, it's it's the Klexa world for those of you who are interested in the hundred series. Um, I'm a huge fan of Commander Lexa and of the Klexa ship, Clark Griffin and Commander Lexa. So I do Alt U, and also I did an um, Alt Canon, which is good. God love me, over five hundred thousand words long. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I rewrote the horrific season three. Season two that um, then moved into season three and killed off Commander Alexa and totally screwed up gay rep everywhere. And it was horrible and horrifying. And I was like, no, this shall not stand. I'm rewriting. And I did. <laughs> that That's quite an undertaking. So, um, Andy, in addition to writing, right, your day job is, is that of an editor? Is that correct? No. No. No, my day job is completely unrelated. Oh, okay. All right. It's a nonprofit. I do. You know, I I thought back over my life and I don't think I've ever not worked in nonprofits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, hence I am not a corporate raider. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but back in the day I I did actually work in publishing and I was an editor. I was an official licensed editor if you will. Okay. I thought and, I had read um, that somewhere. I learned um I started learning the official craft and skills of editing back in grad school. I started at a historical journal and then divided my time there and with the university press and worked my way up from editorial assistant to managing editor in both places. Okay. So how long have you actually been writing Les Fick then? Um, I'm officially published, I think, 2008 was my first official publication, but I wrote lesbian stories, if you will, starting like in high school, I think. That was a thousand years ago. Dinosaurs roamed the earth. (laughs) And before that, uh, I'm a huge Specfic fan, and Specfic and sci-fi has always been a little more friendly to marginalized groups. And so I kind of found a home reading spec fic and I used to like, if the story had um, a male, female romantic element, I would like kind of change the stories in my head Mm -hmm. so that it would be two really strong women out kicking ass all the time. So I was constantly sort of rethinking the media that I was being given. And I think a lot of queer kids do that. And there wasn't, hardly any well there was none frankly there, there was basically well there was some gay rep when I was growing up but most of it was subtext you know uh 
I'm dating myself here, but like Cagney and Lacey, the mm-hmm. detective show. Yeah. Oh my God. Hello, pre Brazilian Isles, y'all. If you want to like look it up online, um, Wonder Woman, the yeah. original Carter Wonder Woman. Yeah. Lots of subtext in there. Yeah. Uh, the Bionic Woman, Jamie yeah. Summers, Blur. Um, I had a huge crush on her. Oh my God. Um, and and there wasn't much rep for people of color, and so that was always really kind of weird to me was like, cause I, I knew a lot of people of color and I'm like, why am I not seeing them in TV? So I'm a huge fan of representation for everybody. And I would just kind of rewrite the stories and get into that subtext. And I know that there was fanfic going on for Cagney and Lacey among older lesbian, but it was circulating via like snail mail you know, back in the day via oh, newsletters that we, that we didn't have access to. And then when Xena hit, mm-hmm. that was like crucial for fangirl and fanfic elements and the female, female slash fic that we, that we all know and love and access every time, every chance we get. And with the advent of the internet, it made it so much easier for people to access that rep online and for young people, especially. And I'm thinking, you know, I grew up in a rural setting and I knew I was different and I kind of had the words for it, but if I had had access to fanfic, Oh my God, things would have been so much different. Yeah. So I'm so stoked that young kids in the sticks get to access that. I know it is. It's a, it's just amazing. It's, uh, you know, I'm sure opening up doors a lot sooner for a lot of folks, you know, a lot of kids are able to, you know, um, like identify, you know, uh, a lot mm-hmm. sooner. It's, it's, it's great. And the language, yeah. they have the language now, you know, I yeah. mean, I didn't have language like gender nonconforming when I was growing up. Heck I no. didn't have, right. Yeah. Nobody knew what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had like like choices. We had lesbian, gay, trans, and that was about it. Bi. Yeah. We had yeah. bi. That was it. Yeah. And some of us fit some of those, but we don't fit maybe not uh, maybe not completely, you know? Yeah. So I just I so appreciate the language that we have now. And I just I just really appreciate young people just going out there and, and claiming their space and creating this space and making this awesome rep and like having the language to like school me. And I just really appreciate that every day. I'm just like, Oh God, what a time to be alive. Because I I remember back in my day, Oh, oh, it was so hard. Yeah. (laughs) And that was, and it wasn't as hard as it was for the people before me, you know, I mean, Holy hell. So kudos, kudos to all marginalized people who speak up and grab the rep. Right we've, on. We've come a long way, baby. Mm-hmm. So, so tell I'm proud us. to be part of it. Yeah, I know. To Me too. Um, yeah. I, I, all right, I'll, I'll age myself here. I was part of the <laughs> first Women's March on Washington. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Did you get pictures? Um, I'm sure someone does somewhere. I don't know. Wow. That, yeah, I don't know that I have so them. Cool. But yeah, that is super cool. Yeah, right on. Yep, it was. Uh, it was fun. I I do believe that's when I met Alice Walker. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I have what? Her, yeah, I got her oh, autograph. Man. She autographed the color purple for me. Oh, that is that is super cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 
that was that was something. Um, but um, tell us about women and words. Like women and words. Let's t- women. Okay, friends. Um, this is the website. Okay, women words. One word. Women words. Dot o r g. And we had to take the O-R-G ending because there's another group out there that calls themselves Women in Words, and they stole the .com. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and they're not even nearly as cool as we are. So whatever, so, we have, we're at .org. So there are two Women in Words? Yep. Ours is the active and awesome one. There's, they, they've just been sitting on this .com for like years can you believe that? What the hell? That's but weird. anyway, okay. bless our hearts. Yeah, so, so, so how can someone get hooked up with, like, I know that I receive um, email alerts. How can someone well, do let, that? Let me, just, for, let me just explain what we are. We're a, a blog site that Joe Bell and I started back in the day. And I'm, I think we were talking about this the other day. And it was like, I think it's been 11 years now. Wow. 10? Woo, what? Because we wanted to have a space where anybody could come and hang out and not feel pressured to do anything. Um, And so we made a very conscious decision not to be a review site, a book review site. There are plenty of awesome sites that do that. We didn't want to be a review site because we wanted all publishing houses and authors with all publishers to feel like they could come and participate and not have to worry about running across a review of their work that was maybe bad, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just decided that's not our gig. That's not what we do. And we wanted a kind of a community space that we could offer up to regular bloggers and to guest bloggers who are authors who maybe have a book coming out and they want to yeah. tell the world. So sure, we will set you up. We'll schedule you and you can tell us all about your book and something interesting that made you write the book or whatever it is. And you can do a book giveaway and it's awesome and everybody gets into it and it's fun. And about, I think it was two or three years after we launched Women in Words, Jove and I decided we wanted to do something even more for the community. Both of us are really community minded and we, we want to give back to the community that helps support us by buying our work. So we created what's called the Hoot Nanny, and that is a giant, as we call it, a giant ass book giveaway that we do in December, um, December 12th, it's 12 days, December 12th through the 23rd, it is 12 days of book giveaways, and we have like something like this past year we had, I want to say 50 or 60 authors, 70 participating. That's awesome. I think we give away... 30 to 50 books a day. I'm not making that up. Yeah, It's I a think- fuck ton. Excuse me. It's a fuck ton of work. That is an official women in words metric designation. Fuck ton of work. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think I was part of that. I, uh, when you first did it, the first year you did it and yeah. I won mm-hmm. a book, um, from Georgia beers and, Oh um, yeah. It has- that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's so fun. And, and I just, um, it has just grown. Exponentially, yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. Joe and I were just talking about, and we're like, man, we got to figure out what. Maybe we should scale back because this is out of control, and we're still trying to figure out how to do that. Because you know, it is a a lot of work. Yeah, Uh, and people don't realize how much work goes into that. I literally start writing the blogs probably in October or November. Wow, and I start taking the pictures. 
and we said, I mean, this, like we start set, we start like setting it up in September. I mean, this is like, it's legit cray. It is. And that's, I think what we're best known for is the book giveaways and especially the one at the end of the year. And I know that 2016 was a really important giveaway year because of what happened nationally with the elections and people were so messed up and Joe and I were like, we have to do a hootenanny this year. And so, (laughs) so we did and it, it just really helped people. And we have like, we have this thing we do called Mary Elfing, we call it. And so you know, don't think we don't read those comments, friends. We read all those comments. And if we get a sense that somebody is in kind of a bad way, we're going to hook you up with something, but we're not going to tell you how we're going to do that. Aww, <laughs> that's so sweet. So we, do, we do a lot of behind the scenes work too. And we get authors involved in that and they love it. Oh, they I'm love sure. it. I'm sure. And, I mean, it's so awesome that publishers like trust us to do this for them because yeah. we get like seven or eight publishers a year who do a book a day. It's like, what? This is awesome. And they're amazing. And they do it. It's, it I can't, is. it's just such a lot of goodwill. It is. And we it's, love a, it. it's a great thing for our community. It really is. I love it. Um, it's a lot of work and Joe and I are like, God, ah, oh my God. <laughs> and so during, during the, the whole time, we're just like, Oh my God, I'm so stressed out. Ah. And then afterward, I'm so glad we did that. <laughs> so listen up guys, womenwords.org. You have to mm-hmm. pay attention and look out for the nanny at the end of the year. Look out for that. But also if anybody wants to like do a guest blog or if, if you're an author and you have something coming out and you want to talk about it, just let us know, hit us up and we'll schedule you. I mean, people think, Oh, how do I get onto women in words? Easy. You just contact us. Well, <laughs> that's easy yeah. enough. Easy enough. And we will set you up. We will hook you up because we think it's important for all kinds of authors and, and readers. We do um, readers blogs now in um, uh, readers, like uh, we've got three or four now in our in our group who like will post books that they're reading that they really like and like they'll do thematic things like you know sports lesfic and they'll do like four or five titles that they really enjoyed and you know that that's always fun to get the reader's perspective. Oh, that is that's very cool. So, um, Andy, you <laughs> you mentioned going to your office um, while you're working at home. So is that where you write also? I have a work office and I sometimes I'll write there. Um, but I, you know, I'm pretty versatile with my writing. So, so when let, me, I, let me ask you this. What's your favorite writing environment? Where do you like to go and, and be? And um, I had, when I, before I, you know, went remote work my before my office let me I had a really great space I had my own little little cubby um it's a little bit harder now because I live with other people now (laughs) so it's a little bit harder to find space uh so I carve out space in my living quarters and I have um now that the weather's warming up I have great outdoor space I have like a patio that I can go sit on and do writing, and I write to music, so all I have to do is just have some Wi-Fi, or, you know, have, you know, some playlists downloaded, and I just plug in my headphones, boom, and I'm set, and I just write. Oh, nice, nice, that's, it's that easy, huh? It is for me, um, 
I can write in public places as long as I have like headphones to like kind of close out the world. I can I can write. I like I said I can pretty much write anywhere. When I first wrote Friends in High Places, the first edition of my sci-fi series, I was working in a really small town. I was a, a journalist intern at a paper. And I would go to work during the day, then come home. And at night, I would write from about 9 to 11 every night in my bed. I would just sit there and write on my laptop. And I wrote that book during that whole internship. I got that book done, the first draft. Wow, that's amazing. So it just it's just a matter of carving out the time. But like I tell people who freak out, like, oh, I haven't been writing. Oh, my God, what's wrong with me? I have writer's block. Hey. And I'll always ask them, tell me what's going, what else is going on in your life. And, you know, they'll usually have like 900,000 things on their plate. And I'm like, that's why you're not writing. Yeah. It's because you're, you're focusing on these other things. And that's okay. Yeah. Don't penalize yourself for not being able to write. Um, good advice. If it's your day job, if it's your day job, however, um, even if you're not directly writing, why don't you like try to read something like in the genre that you're trying to write that sometimes inspires me to write something. So don't freak out. Don't freak out. If you're having a little bit of a block, that's okay. Don't freak out. It just means that your brain is trying to prioritize some things and maybe you should be focused on some other things. That's okay. Just go with it. Yeah, go with it. And and what I do is I just watch a lot of like, I'm a total fangirl about a lot of things. I go to a lot of fan conventions. I just watch stuff that I like to watch that's fangirl related. Mm -hmm. And it just gets me all excited and stirs the brain. And I'm like, woo! And then I'll probably start writing after that. So, so you've written uh, romance, mysteries, and sci-fi, right? Mm -hmm. And what's your favorite genre to write? Um, hmm. I like them all for different reasons. Um, mysteries require a lot of research, and I, I have a background in anthropology and forensic anthropology. I'm a huge true crime geek. Not a lot of people know that, uh, but I am, like, obsessed. And so I listen to tons of true crime podcasts. I'm on true crime websites um, it's just, it's just really fascinating to me because I'm one of those people, I have a very analytical mindset and I like to take things apart and see how they work. Mm -hmm. And so crime and investigation and research really appeals to me for those reasons, because I am looking at how things work and I'm trying to figure out how things fit together. Yeah. I could see how so, they would all work together for you. When, right. When I write mystery, I do a ton of research. And it takes me a long time to do that. So that's the most labor intensive. Okay. Um, when I'm writing romance, it's I usually write contemporary-ish. But I still have to do some research to make sure that I'm getting certain details of the settings right. If I haven't been to that place in a while, I need to make sure that I'm being correct in what I'm doing. Okay. If I'm writing science fiction, my sci-fi series, um, I take a lot of notes and I'm kind of old school. I have a notebook and I like pen and paper notebook. And I take, I, I list the, the names of places and people and things. And I keep track of 
the worlds and the things that they're visiting. So it's time consuming in a different way than research because when you're writing like space opera, like what I write, Mm -hmm. think Star Trek, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, I'm not really engaging with a whole lot of um, like deep, hard science fiction background as we dissect uh, the way a laser particularly works. Okay. Sure. So, so that doesn't require a lot of research, but it requires that I keep track of a lot of things. So that's a whole different way of working. And when I'm working in paranormal, I do some research because I want to make sure that I'm not writing something that is not, I guess, canons the word to use here. So like if I'm writing uh, a type of, you know, Wicca or some kind of witchcraft, I want to make sure that I'm accurate within the canon of how we understand witchcraft and how it works. Mm -hmm. And if I'm writing something that has to do with vampires and I have written in, in that genre, in that genre, and, and I have a whole theory about vampires and a whole new way of looking at vampires. I want to make sure that I'm still writing within what the history tells us about vampires and or shapeshifters and whatever it is. So you want to be historically accurate? Is that yes and no. I just want to make sure that I'm not like, yeah, my vampires come from Mars. And I mean, okay. There there could be vampires on Mars. That could be legit, but let's think about how that's going to work. Okay. (laughs) So if I'm writing a vampire in modern New York City, I want to make sure that the vampire is consistent with canon vampiric history. Mm -hmm. But I also want to make sure that there's something different about these vampires that maybe, you know, canon history doesn't allow you to do. So I like to tweak things. Okay that are understand understandable and eh, you know it is what it is and, and so. that's what makes it fun and you have to appeal to your audience too so right you have to make it um you, people have to be able to suspend their disbelief mm-hmm. and if i'm not doing that effectively then i haven't done my job so that's why i want to make sure that i know a lot about like the paranormal stuff that i'm writing about so that people can read it and they're caught up in the story, and it makes sense, and then it, and it's believable. But if at any time they suddenly stop and go, "What the hell? A ghost catcher wouldn't, or a ghost hunter wouldn't do that," then I haven't done my due diligence. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, you have to make it believable. They have to buy into it to keep reading. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Exactly. So, who are your favorite? Um, fictional characters of your own writing oh i like all my characters do you (laughs) that's that's the thing about writing is that they're all your babies Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. even if they're horrible okay Okay. (laughs) even if they're not that nice like like the villains in some of my mystery series um they're they're absolutely awful people but you kind of understand how they got that way. I'm not saying they're redeemable. I'm saying that if you have a level of understanding for how someone could be that horrible or do horrible things, then it still sort of humanizes them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it makes you think that, okay, let's let the justice system take care of this rather than you wanting to get into your vigilante mob and go burn them at the stake. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, who knows? Maybe there's a time and place for that, but too many of my people have been 
burned at the stake by vigilante mobs. So I'm just like, let's think about this, people. Okay. <laughs> so before we do that, let us ponder. <laughs> so I like most of my, all of my characters for very different reasons. There are some characters that resonate more than others, but it doesn't mean that I don't like writing them. And some of my characters I definitely would not want to hang out with, but I love writing them. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, writers get asked that a lot. Like, hey, what's your favorite book? And I'm like, I don't have a favorite book because every single book that I've written, I can tell you how I was feeling at the time I was writing it. And so it has a certain resonance for a specific time in my life. It's tied to certain parts of my life and it means something. It's, it's very important to me at that time in my life. So each book I write is indicative of something. And just because maybe it wasn't as well written as it could have been, doesn't mean that I didn't have a good time writing it or that I somehow hated it. Now, some books I did struggle with writing absolutely and but that doesn't mean I, I don't like them okay. at the at the end of it you know it's a lot of authors say oh I absolutely love this character or that character and I, I can't I like every character I write speaks to me on some level whatever that level is I will say that I am pretty attached to Meg Talmadge and Gina Morelli from from the boots up and from the hat down because I wrote those two characters in uh, the Rocky Mountain West, which is where I'm from, and it's it resonates very deeply with me. And those two characters just resonate with me because of the setting. They're in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And I, as an undergraduate, I went, I was at in a Colorado university and I spent a lot of time in Southern Wyoming and it has a lot of resonance for me and the landscape landscape is very important to me. Setting is very important to me as a writer and I somehow relate to certain characters through landscape. And so I relate very deeply to Meg and Gina's experience because Meg grew up in a very small town as I did. And Gina grew up in Sacramento, but has a whole different take on things. And she and Meg resonate with each other very deeply. And it's, I just feel like those two people are people that I somehow know. It's really weird. But my mystery series characters have the same thing for me. As I, I, I somehow feel there were times when I was writing my mystery series and I was expect, and I, and I would get a text message and I would pick up my phone thinking it was one of my characters. Wow. Wow. So I get really involved with yeah, my stories yeah. and I, I envision it. And some, some authors are like, you know, will map everything out and their characters will do everything according to their stipulations. I visualize myself as kind of a director of a production and I do readings with my characters and we'll sit around and, and we'll like think about what, how does this work? Does the scene work like this? I like literally visualize myself talking to my characters. Like, what do you think about this scene, Chris? And she'll be, ah, I think we could do it better. And I'll get up and walk around and think about it and come back and I will write the scene and it will work better because I had that little exercise in my head. Almost like screenwriting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I absolutely visualize this. Yeah. Like we're sitting around looking at the script. That's uh, that's incredible. See, you're you're managing the ranch again. 
I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's funny that you should say from talk about from the hat down and from the boots up because I so enjoyed those two books. I really did. Yeah. I just put them out in audiobook. They did came you? out last late summer, I think. Um, yes, Audible. They're with Audible now, and it's their combined package, and it's 16 hours of awesome. Woohoo! <laughs> So if you have a long road trip in your future, that might be the thing you want. <laughs> All right, folks. There you have it. It's uh, called From the Boots Up and From the Hat Down by Andy Marquette. Uh, it deals with, if for folks who don't know, Meg Talmadge is the main character in both, but Gina is the foil. And From the Boots Up was a novella. About 35,000 words. And it, Meg is a college student. He's about to graduate and she's going to, she wants to go on to vet school. She's in Southern Wyoming. She lives on the family ranch with her dad. Her mom bailed. Uh, they divorced and she headed off to Kentucky. And so Meg and her dad have to deal. They're trying to get more business for the dude ranch because they've kind of converted it also to a dude ranch. And so they're trying to drum up some business. And so her dad, gets a hold of a reporter and the LA times is going to send out a reporter to like do a story on the diamond rock ranch, which is where they, they live. And Meg is all like, Oh God, a city slicker. Gross. Ew. Ugh. And so of course the reporter ends up being Gina and well, it's a grand romance. Let's just put it that way. And from the hat down is their meeting. And then from the, or from the boots up is their meeting. And from the hat down is their reconnection. Awesome. It, and, and no spoilers. Yeah. No spoilers. Okay, no spoilers. <laughs> they're just great. They're just great. Check them out, folks. <laughs> so, um, Andy, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we are out of time, but Woo-hoo! it has been a pleasure talking with you. Um, and, uh, you know, you're always welcome back. Um, uh, thank you, Anita. Um, if anybody needs to find me, I am on Facebook and Twitter as this is really hard. Andy Marquette. Um, <laughs> if, and if you want to find me at my website, I'm at andymarquette.com. And you can also find me at dirtroadbooks.com. So there's and no excuses not to find you. No excuses. None. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, folks, um, I'm Anita Kelly. And thanks for joining Liz Talk About Books. And thanks again to Andy Marquette. And until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty and stay safe, folks.